So I want to take you to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter number 14. I want to read from verse 1 to 2. And then I'll read from verse 5 to 9. Verse 1. Is it 14 verse 1 to it says, now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that we may turn and come before Pi-Iroth, between Migdor and the sea opposite Baal-Siphon. You shall camp there, you shall camp before it by the sea. Hallelujah. Then we go to verse 5. Now, it was told the king of Egypt, the king of Egypt, uh, that the people had fled and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants, yes, the heart of Pharaoh and his servant was turned against the people. And they said, why have you done this? That we have let go from, you have let them go from serving us. So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Amen. And they say also he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captain over every one of them. Now I want to mention something before I continue reading. How many chariots he took? How many chariots? They say so he, 600. You know that number six is signifying the strength of men. You understand? So purposefully, the Bible will show us numbers. It took 600. So it doesn't matter the multiplication of six. It's, six, 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 six. it's still the strength of men. And when we talk about the sign of the end time, we talk about the strength of six, it triple time the strength of men. It's still the strength of men. So, so, so in this, God is showing that whatever Pharaoh was doing, he was doing in the power of men. Doesn't matter the, the, the multiplication of a six is still the power of men. So there are challenges in your life that you need to know. If those challenges doesn't matter how hard they are, they are not still the strength of God. Amen. So he pursued them, and let's go on. And they say, and the Lord hardened verse eight, and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued them. He pursued the children of Israel. Yes. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. Verse 9. So the Egyptians pursued them. So the Egyptians pursued them all, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-Iroth, before Baal-Siphon. Let's let, let, let move on from there. Let's move on from there. Uh, no, let's continue, even verse 10. And say, and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. Say, they were afraid. And the children of Israel cried to the Lord. <laughs> then they said to Moshe, because 
there were no graves in Egypt. You have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Ooh, why have you dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? The treasure, treasure, and slavery. This is not the word we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone. Leave us alone. That we may serve the Egyptian. For it will be, have been better to serve the Egyptian than we should die in the wilderness. Amen? Verse 13, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still. You know, he's a leader. So he's applying calmness, but he's not calm. You know what I'm saying? He's just saying be calm, but himself was not calm. <laughs> we'll see it now. So he said to him, don't be afraid, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptian you see today, you see. Yeah, church, we like this one. We'll see. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we'll see them no more. The Lord will fight for you and you will hold your peace. Verse 15, this is the man that has spoken so beautifully. Verse 15, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? So when he told the people, when he turned to the Lord, he was crying. <laughs> he has just told the people, the Lord will fight for us. The Egyptian you see, you will see no more. He got elevated. <laughs> it's easy to confess when we are in the gathering of a saint, man. It's easy to confess when we have people around us that see the thing the way we see it. But when you are alone, and the clock is ticking and you can't sleep, 2 a.m. you are awake, not for prayer. But the sleep has been taken, withdrawn from you. You turn on your bed, but you just say in the church, we are the sons, we are the children of God. Then you say, oh, the blood of Jesus. We even cry. We become emotional about when we are alone. Ah, Lord, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> I've, I've, I've tried it. I've done, I've given <laughs> what now? God said, why are you crying to me? The way you confess in the beginning, continue that. God was telling to you, you just told them that the Egyptian you see, you will see no more. Please don't change attitude now. <laughs> he said, tell the children of Israel to because you confess something now be your confession instead of crying continue to tell them that go forward amen he said go forward somebody said go forward no no no, no. there's a, a going forward in the kingdom that we need to learn he said go forward and then he said and the Lord said to Moses he said lift up your heart Stretch out your hands over the sea and divide it. Divide the sea. I said, divide the sea. Amen. Come on. Divide. Ah, put yourself there. You stand before Orange River. 
Don't, 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 go. don't talk about the Red Sea, Orange River. <laughs> and then I bring you where I say, divide Orange River now. Oh my God. <laughs> How do I divide Orange River? He said, uh, lift, stretch out your hands over the Orange River <laughs> and divide it. And the children of Israel and the people of divide shall go on dry land through the midst of the Orange River. Let's go. And I indeed will harden the heart. So he said to Moses, there are two things here. I'll do my part. You do your part. Pharaoh is my business. The Red Sea is not my business. He said, the parting of the Red Sea is your business. The hardening of the heart of Pharaoh is not your business because the heart of men is in the hands of God. It's not in the hands of men. So I will do what I, I will do, but you, you face what you can face and you take care of it while I'm taking care of what God can take care of. I will harden the heart of Pharaoh and they shall, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariot, and his horsemen. Let's stop there. Now, we, we, we need to understand the dynamics here. This is people that have served for 430 years. It means their mindset is a slavery mindset. These people are acquainted to slavery. They are people that are acquainted to pain. They have a love, they, they, not the love, that's all they know. So when you tell them it will be okay, they feel like, what is he talking about? I've been in this for many years. The people of Israel couldn't think any further than slavery. In a way that when Moses came to them and said, get through, they said, we're warning you. You, we want to die here. And Moses could convince them to go out. The first challenge, they say, Wena, we told you. Why did you bring us here? Now Moses, before them didn't want to play the weak leader, he said, the Lord shall do it. The Egyptian you see today, you shall see them no more. The end of them. But that's in front of the people, like I say. When he turns his back, he starts to cry. Listen, let me tell you something. Doesn't matter the, the time you are spent with your problem. Don't allow your problem to define you. People are thinking in the line of the challenges. They can't think beyond. It means people are so much in challenge that their mindset revolves around the challenge. It means they cannot lift up themselves above the challenge. Amen? In a way that all they want is a problem to be solved. They cannot see beyond. The people of Israel were so caught up in slavery for 430 years. Even the babies that were born were born slaves. They knew nothing else but slavery. And Moses had that generation of slave mindsets. And he tried to lead them. Their slave mindset wouldn't permit them to see the grace of God. They say, we want to be here. Don't move us. And then when they obeyed to go with Moses, they came before the Red Sea. Remember, these people, they, have the, they heard the story of God. Amen? It was passed down to them. They heard the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
They heard how God gave Abraham the land. They heard how God went before Isaac and went before Jacob. Now, these have become memories and stories without life. Have you realized that you read the Bible, you see this wonderful thing, but it does not happen to you? Amen? We see Jesus doing miracles, but when in your life you don't see those miracles. So we have, we have settled in a place to accept without living it. Do you know that the people of God accept the word and don't expect to experience it? They accept the word. We know Jesus died for our sins. We know we are free. You even see, we are free. But you don't expect to experience the freedom. Your spirit does not expect that. You have been so disappointed that you have numbed yourself from any hope that could hurt you forever. In a way that when we talk about hope, it's like, because you are swallowed up. You are swallowed up by the problem. You are in the heart of the problem. You have closed up things that you don't want to open a door for hurt. Sarah did it. She closed herself not to gain hope that will not work. For 24 years, she was trusting that she will have a child. Hmm? Or 27 years. And then when God says, you will have a child, she laughed. Because she has come to a place of accepting a situation. And many have come to a point where they accept the situation. I said, I have peace with this. Not that we have peace, but we have defeated. What we call peace is a spirit of defeat. Come on. It's a spirit of defeat. When we come to a place where we know nothing can be done anymore, let me accept it. You are defeated. Amen? I've made peace with my situation. You are defeated. The situation didn't make peace with you. It will continue to assault you. You have made peace, but he has not made peace with you. <laughs> so, so, so people are defeated in their mind, and that's what God wants us to, 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 to rearrange. The defeated mindset needs to change so that we have a mindset of a victor. There's nothing God cannot do. I say there's nothing God cannot do. I want you to start your life from that point. There is nothing God cannot do. So they said to Moses, leave us alone. Don't come and hurt us again. And God, Moses was crying. And God said to Moses, why are you crying? How do you think I will call you out empowering you for the challenge? Don't you think God knew there was a Red Sea? He even led them. Do you know that God led them purposely to the Red Sea? So do you think God was leading them so that they can die? No. He led them because the answer was already provided. So that's why when Moses was crying, he said, but Moses, what is the problem? Didn't we meet? Do you forget the mountaintop experience? At, do you forget the burden bush? Do you forget that you are the rod that I gave you? Do you forget that the rod was turned into a snake and you grab it became normal again? Do, 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 do you forget he said, Moses, why are you crying? The, the, the parting of a river is under your authority. Can I submit to you that every 
challenge that comes in your life, the answer is in you. You didn't say the amen right. I say every problem that comes against you, the answer of that problem is locked up in you. God will never allow a problem that is bigger than you to come before you. It's impossible. He's a good father. He will not allow that. Everything challenge that is presented to you, the answer is within you and you need to get that principle today that everything that I'm facing, the answer is already within me. Do you think Moses, Moses forgot or he did not know that he could part the Red Sea? God has to teach him again. Lift up your hands. Do this. Amen. He said, why are you crying to me? It means that the answer is already in your hands. Why you are doing what I've given you to do and inside of you, I'll do what you can't do. The lifting of the hands is from Moses. The blowing of the wind is from God. It means when you become obedient, all the channels that, that need to be activated for the breakthrough are activated through your obedience. Do you hear what I'm saying? You need to change your mindset today and understand that everything that comes your way is already under your power. You know, I wrote in my book that Satan came in the form of a snake because if he came in the form of a demon, God wouldn't judge men. Because when God put things under the power of Adam, he put the creeping, crawling things, everything that creeps, that crawls. So the devil came on the form of a creeping thing, and Adam had dominion over him, and he refused to exercise his dominion. God will not bring something he hasn't submitted to you. Come on, come on. There's nothing that comes to you that is not already submitted to you. If Adam knew that the dominion God gave him over the snake could be activated, he would have cast that snake out of his garden. But he did not discern. And he bought into something he had power over. So, so the Red Sea was part of the scope of the authority of Moses. The Red Sea was not something beyond them. God will not send them in front of a challenge that he has not given them grace to handle. So everything you think is big is not big. It's big according to your mindset. It's too small because you are over it. Because you have authority over it. There is nothing. Listen, repeat with me. Say there is nothing. That will come my way. That is bigger than me. Mm, somebody is getting it. Now, when you understand that, you understand that all the problems you are crying over, heaven is asking, why are you crying? Why? Why are you crying? He said to Moses, stretch your hand and divide. He said, stretch your hand and I will divide. He said, you stretch your hand, you divide it. It's like you're giving an instruction to your child. Okay. If you have a child under age, and you say, hey, take the car and go to spa or wherever and buy me this and this, and the car, child is two years old, and you hand him the car keys, can you do that? No. 
But if you can, if you can see that he can handle it, he has his license. Then you say, buy me this. You give me a car key and say, Lord, Father, how do I put the key in the ignition? You have your license. How did you pass your license? No, that I'm just struggling. How do you do that? Please help me. You will remove the key from him because you know he's in danger of himself. Some of your prayers are delaying prayers. Because the thing you are praying for is a, is a statement of your immaturity in the kingdom. And even if God wanted to release it in your hand, you hold it back because he knows you can't. Some of your behavior in the spirit tells heaven you are not ready for it. Children cry. Not grown-ups. <laughs> when I come, where I come from, they say, if you hear a grown-up crying, stand up and be ready because something has gone wrong. Grown-ups don't stand in the morning and they cry. Children cry for everything. So he said to Moses, why are you crying? I mean, you are a babe. Because only a babe cries for challenges. Say, now, stand up. Let me show you how I stand. Divide the land. And the miracle is that they will not go on muddy ground. They will go on dry ground. Because the power of division, of dividing also holds the power of drying up the land. Stretch your hands. Stretch your heart. Divide. And Moses stretches in. And there was a wind that came the whole night. I'm sure Moses was surprised. You know, sometimes you do things and you go, oh, wow. Then you look at your hands. You You know, when we're starting ministry, when you lay hand on poor and before you look at your hands. That's a beginning in ministry. They fell. You're just a babe in ministry. It's not about the falling. Their testimonies. Many people fell under the power. That what is that? A baby. Hallelujah. So God is saying to Moses, You divide me. You divide the sea. I've come here to say, divide your sea. Come on, I say divide your sea. Stop being a crier and divide your sea. And if you are waiting for God to divide your sea, that's why you are waiting for so long. Because God is not there to divide seas. He's there to give you the ability to divide the sea. He created the sea. What challenge can he have with sea? He's like, God, see, my GPS led me wrong. You know, your GPS did you. In 500 meters, turn left. They took beautifully these voices. Turn right. Then you turn, oh, GPS, you brought me to the sea. <laughs> and you stand there, and the sea is there. And then what do you do? Do you turn back? But they say, you didn't understand the pressure. They say the Egyptians were just behind them. And the sea was before them. There was no way of escape. I don't know if you have been a problem that corners you so not that you don't know any way of escape. When, when they look back, the Egyptians are coming. You know, it's in the wilderness, so you see dust. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> you don't see the chariot, you just see the dust. You know, in that dust, there must be some people coming. So, they're coming. Before you see them, you see the dust. Come. <laughs> and then, you look in front, it's sea. And God, before he divides the land, he said, you tell them first to go forward. Before the sea was divided, the first instruction was, tell them to go forward. Tell them to go forward. Because if you don't go forward, you don't put anything on the floor for miracles. Every sea is a setup for a miracle. But your attitude should be, I'm moving I'm making my plans. I'm moving forward. Listen, listen, listen. When, when, when I don't have a finance yet, I move forward. I don't stop. I don't wait. I, I, I don't sit and cry. I look at the option and I move forward. Do you know forward means start to do something? Yes, start to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Start to do something. You say, you, I can't wake up to sleep. Start setting your alarm, move forward. And put a loud sound, sound on the alarm. The one that's crying like a frog and you can't sleep. <laughs> move forward. Move forward. Don't put a nice song that will... Again, put you in the motion of sleep. Just put something. It's time. You are moving forward. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't know where to stay. We don't have a place to stay. Move forward. Walk around the suburb. Identify a place. Stretch your hand over it. Say, This is my place. This is where I'm going to stay. There's no way I become a hobo. Move forward. Do something. Do something. Do something. You know, with all my story of airport and, and, uh, and all the trouble, the Lord was teaching me stuff, moving forward. Twice I've moved without visa to go to, to the place. The first time was Israel. I didn't have, we didn't have visa. We packed our suitcases from Bloomfontein. We're going to Israel without visa. We got the visa at 3 p.m. We flew at 6. But we have to move forward. I'm telling you, if you are not moving forward, you are moving backwards. There are only two words. There's no thing like I'm standing. No. You either move forward or you move backwards. Hallelujah. This is what I came to tell you today. Your sea is under your power. Every problem is under your authority. And I love a beautiful thing. In the time of Moses, my dear wife, it was a rod that was in Moses' hand. And he said, stretch your rod. Amen? And divide the sea. Jesus came and said, you might forget your rod somewhere else. So now you stretch your hands. Because sometimes you can put the rod somewhere and you don't see it. But those hands, they are still there. He said, in my name, 
you shall lay hands on me in my name. The hands becomes an instrument of parting. And then the second thing he did, it's not just in the hands anymore, it's in the mouth. We shall say to this mountain, be thy removed and be cast into the sea and you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that whatsoever you say, it shall happen to you. So you have two options, this or that. Do you understand what I try to tell you today? It's simple. It is simple. I say it is simple. I've learned it through the years. I failed many times because of fear. I failed many times because my heart was troubled. Eh? I had diarrhea many times. Not because I was sick, but my tummy was working because I thought, cha, 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 that is a trouble. I mean, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I sit on the bed. She's sleeping. I'm sitting on the bed looking at the sky. I'm, I'm, I'm having this woman. What must I do? And through the years, God, when I look back, I realize he has been faithful to every challenge I met. So I'm standing here as a living testimony that the God that you have chosen is faithful. And that everything that God brings or everything the devil brings to you has already been under your authority. You can speak the word and it shall come to pass. Moses learned it and the sea was divided. I said the sea was divided. It was the first time in the history of men that the sea was divided. Let me tell you something. That there must be a first time for everything. We used to say, let's say, God asked us to do something. I say, you, it has never been done. Yes, God is asking you so that it can be done. When Jesus walked on the water, who first walked on water before that? He has to initiate it so that it can be written. When Moses was parting the Red Sea, no one has ever parted the sea. Somebody started it and it's written. Maybe things are not happening in your family with everybody. There must be a first-time person that changed the odds. There must be somebody that stand up and change all these odds so that it may be written in the history of that family. It is possible because there is a book in the family that is written in heaven. So you must stand up and say, I will be the first time in my family that will write this in the heaven so that now the new generation can look into the archive of a family and say, it was done one time by somebody that rose from the family and handled that. It is possible. That's why the challenges are coming, so that somebody can stand and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That is insulting the people of God. Because every failure is an insult to the kingdom. Yeah, it's an insult to the kingdom. So you need to say, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Because we were gentle. Philistines were gentle, so he assumed that they don't have a law, so they are not circumcised. I mean, he wouldn't say that to a Jew. He said it to a gentile. Because that, that gentile is outside of a circle of a kingdom. 
So anything that has come contrary to your kingdom is an uncircumcised. He has never heard the voice of God. So he's coming against you. You have to speak the voice of God. I'm telling you, the Lord is saying, he wants to rewrite or he wants to write new stories for families, for countries, for houses. But who would dare to be the first one to stand and do the things that were never done so that the story may be written about that family that it is possible? I was the first one in my family to go and relocate to another country. Some, they have been there, but they go study and come back. Me, I relocated. So it's possible to relocate. It's possible to come from a country where you don't even understand the language of the other country. And you come there and you are settled there. It is possible. I, I wrote that history in my family now. So people can read it and know it's possible. What are you going to write? For the generation to come, what are you going to write? Are they going to speak the same language after you, or are they going to change the language? No, people die early. When are we going to break that and live until 90 or whatever age? No, when they are 40, they 40, they die. That's why you are born again. <laughs> to change that odds against your family. No, people die of heart attack. That's why you are born, to change the story of heart attack in your family. No cancer. That's why you are born, to change the story of that family. God is looking for somebody that he can use to rewrite the story of a family. Are you going to be that one or are you going to complain and cry while your sea is challenging you and you have a power within you to divide that sea? What are you going to do tonight? What are you going to do? Are we going... To continue to sing hallelujah and overlook the problem? Are we going to hide the problem and put up a nice face? No, no. Mordecai put sand on himself to attract the attention of the king. There must be some days where you do something radical to attract the attention of what is in front of you. Don't present a cute face to your problems. That chicken face must disappear. Sometimes you do the present the face of a lion. I'm still in the journey where I started this morning. I'm still activating something in you. Because enough is enough. I say enough is enough. Hi. Enough is enough. Aren't we the sons of God? Enough is enough. There must be a generation yet to come. All is a generation. I believe you are that generation. There must be a generation that understands the mind of God, that understands that every problem is under my authority. That understands that if I don't move forward, the sea will never part. But when the sea sees the determination in me, that doesn't matter. If you are not parting, I'm going to swim. But you need, something needs to happen. I'm coming. I am coming. It will change, 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 it will change. The people of Israel needed to walk around the walls of Jericho so that it can fall. The falling was not in the crying or the going or the walking. The crying was in the, the falling was in the obedience. 
the day they heard the voice and they acted upon, the worlds were already down. That's why God said to Joshua, see, I have given you Jericho, even when the walls were still there. So when you go out of here and you put in your heart, I'm moving forward, the problem has already disappeared. You might not, you might not know it, but it has already vanished in the spirit. It's gone. This is your day. I say, this is your day. Somebody needs to say, this is my day. This is the day of the Lord. <laughs> this is the day you need to go back to that computer and write that story that you are writing. You need to go back to that business plan and start to write it again. You need to go back to that thing and start to write again the history of your family. Because I'm born in this family, the problems are over because the grace of the Lord is in me to divide what needs to be divided. I am here as an answer and a solution to what confronts my family. It is over. It is over. It is over. It is over. I say it is over. It is over. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Please, maybe please help us. We will sound from heaven. And we're going to pray. Hey, hey, hey. I'm finished early today. Maybe the ministry will take time, but I'm finished. Preaching is finished. I'm, I'm really finished to preach. I'm not preaching anymore. I think you got the message. I say I think you got the message. Who is willing to stand up in this house? I say you, do not, you need to go back to the drawing board. Whatever I have forsaken. Some of you need to plan your wedding before you get a man. Oh, you don't check what I'm... This is craziness. But I'm talking the truth. I'm talking the truth. When last you went to check wedding dresses? When? You, you want a guy, you are waiting for a guy. You don't know that the guy will not come until you move forward. When last, when last you start to take price of venues, arrange for things? When last did you do that? Don't, don't, don't pick up a nobody. A... When I talk about nobody, I'm not talking about somebody without money. I'm talking about a, a gent. No. I'm talking about an uncircumcised that does not know Jesus. I'm talking about now look for somebody that is filled with the Holy Spirit. But that man will not come until you move forward. <laughs> somebody needs to pick up the phone and call the wedding venues. They say, when is your wedding? I say, don't worry about the date. Just tell me. Ah, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I don't care in your family if I get married or not. I seal this. In the name of Jesus. You shall see it and testify. The Bible says the kingdom is, is, is owned by the violence. People that forcefully take it by force. And say, now I have it. You, you want to travel. When last did you go to, to acquire about visas? Do your passport first. Believe God for the impossible. Yes, yes, yes. You want to be healed. And you say, no, I have 
pain in my legs. When last did you register for gym and say, I don't care about the pain, I'm going to gym, I'm going to... When last, when you are on that treadmill, that thing will disappear. You waiting before you move. No, move forward. And in the move, something will happen. When you get on the treadmill, your legs are painful. You said, Father, I'm getting my miracle today. In the name of Jesus, it shall come to pass. It will disappear. When last were you called crazy for God? When last the world judge you of being stupid because of your decision? When last did I call you somebody that does not have reasoning because of your decision? Somebody need to move forward today. I said, somebody need to move. Somebody need to move. Somebody need to move forward. Somebody need to move forward. I moved forward in this venue. Today you are sitting here. Because somebody moved forward. I moved without money. The Lord gave it to me. At the end we have it. I'm moving forward. I say I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. 